Shall we begin? Welcome, folks, to a brand new episode of the Frankly Francisco podcast. I am your host, Francisco. We have a special treat. We are coming to you from Cleveland, Ohio. Today, I am interviewing a multi-talented, multifaceted artist. His name is Honesty Blade. So, folks, I'd like to introduce you to Honesty. How are we doing today, Honesty? Excellent, brother. Man, everything's a blessing. Every day is a blessing. I'm not complaining, man. So... So people who don't know your background, let people know, uh, what was your inspiration to get into music? Uh, the inspiration came from a few different sources, uh, definitely from the artists that I heard over the years out on a popular, you know, but um, it was also a family inspiration. I have uh, two uncles who did music, <clears throat> two uncles on my mother's side, and they did music along with my older brother who passed away. So I just wanted to keep up and do it with them. And when I started writing, you know, I took it more serious over the years. And, you know, that led me to where we are today. So you're one of these artists who actually writes your own lyrics and there's no ghost writers involved. Because you know how the hip hop community is. If you're not doing your own stuff, it's, you know, it's a <laughs> sin. It's a sin in the game. So uh, are you one of these guys you just write, even if you don't use those songs and those rap songs that you're doing, you keep them in the back of your mind for later on? Absolutely, yeah. Soul writer, you know, no ghost writers or nothing. <laughs> so, have you? Um, what are the outlets that you use to so people to get uh, a taste of what you can do? Uh, YouTube, definitely. Uh, all of the uh, the digital streaming platforms, the Spotify's, the iTunes, uh, Amazon Music, Deezer. Uh, I have a project out, and it's my my first LP. It's called Son of Mark. Uh, my father's name is Mark. <clears throat> so that was the first project. Uh, if you want to see the videos, you can catch everything on YouTube, Honesty Blade Music at YouTube.com. Sweet. So the album, the LP, was inspired by your dad? Uh, the name was. The name was inspired by your dad. So what is the most important song for you on, on that LP right now? That The song that you had the most passion for doing that hit home for you? That's interesting. Um, a lot of them did. Uh, it's hard to say which one was the most. Uh, right now, I have a current one that, that's hitting me the most, and it was the last entry onto my track list. It's uh, the first track. Um, Days of Rain, it follows it, but Raise Up 2 is the first track. And Days of, uh, Raise Up 2 is the one that I added at the very last second. And it was, uh, it was nine tracks. I had the last one as the 10th one, and it didn't seem like it was going to go to it, but once I added it, it seemed most appropriate. Uh, I guess that one it impacts me the most because it's like the it's like the I'm here, you know. Yeah, I, I get it, I get it. It's it, your passion for music; it drives you, so it makes you want to go out and be successful. So you're using different outlets to do that. Are you collaborating with anybody right now? Do you have somebody in your corner that's helping you produce this stuff? Um, somebody that you want to mention that's you know helping you get get to that point? Facts. Uh, my producer. Uh, power naps. Uh, some may know him by Napoleon, um, DJ High Self. Uh, he has a, a few different monikers because he's a DJ as well as a producer. But uh, all of the production by him, uh, the mastering on a project was by uh, Jason Remedy. 
Doc Remedy of Primal Rage. And um, it's really just a small in-house team, you know. That's good. So you always got to have somebody in your corner that's backing you, that's helping you get where you want to get, get you where you want to be. Um, see, I, the problem with the music game is everybody wants to use somebody but don't ever want to give back to help open doors for everybody. And that, that's one of the most frustrating things that I found about in any business that you're in. They, you know, People feel like, well, if I made it, you need to make it the way I made it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And mm-hmm. I tell people all the time, there's nothing wrong with collabing with people to get where you need to be. Mm-hmm. Um, we got to be able to open doors. I don't think we do enough a better job of lifting each other up when it comes to that stuff. Man, <laughs> Black Wall Street. Uh, that's all I got to say. Like, you know, we, we tear each other down. Yeah. And I think uh, there's a stigma when it comes to the hip hop genre, um, when it comes to certain things like that. You know, if an artist is coming up, they want to take advantage of that artist because he's new to the game. So and I think that's something that, w- that needs to change uh, when it comes to the record labels. You have black owned record labels. Mm-hmm. But they're subsidiaries of the major guys. label record companies. You understand what I mean? Mm-hmm. Look at Young Money. Mm-hmm. Look at uh, their subsidiary. I believe they're subsidiaries of, of Cash Money. Yeah. And then Cash Money is a subsidiary Universal. of Universal. Yeah. So there is, you can say you own your own label, <laughs> but do you really own your own label? Right. It's the Dame <laughs> Dash topic. You know, it's like you, you can call yourself a boss, but you're not until you're putting up your own capital. Right. And that's the facts. And, you know, a lot of us, uh, we want the uh, the bragging rights that comes with being a boss, but it ain't all that. It's more work. So people don't realize, you know, it's it's hard to go, you know, 10 toes down all in the music like that because you got to eat. Gotcha. You know what I mean? And there's no guarantee that the music game is going to create a steady flow of income for you. Mm-hmm. A lot of these artists don't even make money off their LPs anymore. Mm-hmm. Where they make their money from is touring. You know what I mean? So when they say, oh, I got a million, you know, a million records sold or my went double platinum. Yeah, but you didn't make a dollar off of that. You made right. like 50 cents on a dollar off of that. Right. The record company's making the money. Yeah. You know what I mean? And what kills me is, is that everything that the record cable need does for you comes out of your cut. <laughs> yep. That, that <laughs> advance they give you. Yep. Yeah. So recording time, if you get a car, oh, it came out, they brought it with your own money. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it it kills me. So a lot of these artists go out and they generate millions of dollars strictly from touring. So have you lined anything up for yourself, shows that you want to start doing to get out there to get your voice heard even more? Because I've heard your stuff, man. You're very, very talented. Um, but you, we want to try to bring you to a wider audience. So mm-hmm. do you have anything planned? College shows? Do you have any like... You know these uh, the clubs. You know when they doing um, newcomers. You know what I'm saying to, to to go out there for the music. I hear you. Um, within this this past pandemic era, I haven't I haven't wanted to to touch base with the public. To be honest, uh, I wouldn't be opposed to a virtual show, but I'm kind of hesitant. And you know, as far as that Corona topic, that's a whole nother bag. But you know what I mean. It's just it's a crazy time, and I'm not sure how I want to move with that. You know. Yeah, I understand. I definitely understand. It's been hard to get people in the seat. You're like one of the first guys I've, I've had in the seat since my first episode. Last couple of episodes, I've done it through camera, and it gets kind of annoying because I'm a front-facing front facing type of person. Yeah. I like to speak to people face-to-face. Yeah. I feel you get a more genuine conversation that way. Um, and before nice. we started recording, we started having a conversation about um, the recent passing of X. Yeah. So was X an inspiration for you? Oh, man. 
be an understatement. Like, X was my favorite for a long time. And, of course, you know, before X, we had bigger legends. We had Pox. We had Biggs. We mm. had all of those. But, you know, I was born in 1988, so I had to go back. I had to, like, backwards travel on a lot of the artists that we consider substantial. And so, long story short, DMX was that Pac for me. Like, Pac was, was good, but I felt like, lyrically, X was more relatable to me because East Coast style, you know, um, hardcore uh, substance, you know, deep, strong messages. So X has is, is always been one of my favorites. So X was one of my favorites as well. So I grew up in a different era. Yeah. So I grew up in the 80s and the 90s. I was born in 79. So, I, you know, I grew up with Rakim. Like, he's mm. one of my top five artists of all time, mm. period. Carousel <laughs> one. Um, so I grew up in that era where hip-hop was just starting to bloom the way they needed to bloom. Mm. And in the 90s, forget about it, <laughs> hip-hop exploded to a whole nother level. You had Pac, you had Biggie. Um, but X came along, man, and he just destroyed everybody. Just lyrically, his message. He was a he was a man of faith. But a lot of people, from what I'm seeing on the social media, talking about this man's legacy, how great he was. But nobody really wants to talk about the demons that he faced. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, he was a man of God, but he still f dealt with his addiction. Um, and people don't want to put a face on it. You have to. That much talent, and yet mm -hmm. the drugs destroyed him. <laughs> I mean, he had a heart attack because he OD. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think people need to understand that in the music industry, a lot of these guys kill, get killed because mm. of that stuff. Look mm. at, uh, look at what was it? Pump C, right? Pimp C? Pimp C. Pimp C. Then you had, um, Who, what's uh, that, that young World? cat's name? That Juice World cat? Uh, Mac Miller. Oh, Mac Miller. Yeah. yeah. Mac Miller was another one. Um, these guys, they just, the pressure, man, to, mm. to be in the game, sometimes it can be too much for people. So how do you avoid that? How do you avoid that pressure? Because you want to be successful, mm -hmm. but you don't want to sell yourself out or sell yourself short, you know what I mean, and put that kind of pressure on you where you want to be that big, that badly, that you're willing to sacrifice what you would right. normally stand for. What you stand on. I mean, I guess it's, it's easier said than done, but I think keeping know people around you as opposed to yes men like because with celebrities and some are born into it some making into it but oftentimes we see they got people who are yes men in them they feel like okay because you're grown and you got a lot of resources money fame etc that you can't get too big for your britches and you have to keep yourself in touch with people who will be real with you and there's levels of real but like people that just see you as you no matter what your your possessions accomplishments are like i got family and friends that no matter my level of talent they it's not even a focus and you need to keep those people around you to keep you grounded you know that i understand trust me my mom critiques me all the time on my podcast man it's amazing like mm -hmm. oh you should do this you should do that you know i tune her out sometimes about it because this is something i do for me but you always want to hear that as well because you want people to say, hey, you know, you can do this a little bit better. Mm -hmm. And it makes you think, sometimes you get agitated because everybody has pride. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Everybody wants to take pride in the work that they do. But sometimes you need to get critique mm -hmm. to get better at what you do. Mm -hmm. So, yes, sometimes I get a bit agitated with that. But at the same time, I listen and I take notes and I may pull pieces mm -hmm. of what the critique is to try to improve what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So is that something that you do? Facts. Facts, yeah. If I if I'm ever critiqued, I'm listening. You know, I never just shut it down. And you know, I'm curious to 
to know what's it based on because if it's based on something, then I can respect it and I can say, okay, you, you took time to look. You're not just uttering it off, you know. So are you currently working on a new LP right now or you're still just trying to promote the LP you came out with already? Uh, both. Um, I'm always promoting the current LP, the Son of Mark, but I, I normally work on several projects at a time just because as an artist, sometimes I might get bored with a creative space. So I'll say, okay, I got this project, but in the meantime, I'm doing this one too. So, like, currently, Son of Mark is out on all of the DSPs, the Amazons, the iTunes, but also have New 90s coming. Uh, new 90s is pretty much like that cream of the crop era of substance, but with an updated 2020, 2021 kind of format. Uh, so I got that project, uh, professional use only. Uh, that's the second official project that I plan to drop, but I'm always creating. You feel me? So from your style, your style kind of feels like it's lyrical. It's like a 90s type of feel to it, rap style-wise, where you have a message behind what you're saying. And I think that's a problem with today's hip-hop, man. Hip-hop doesn't really have a message. You have a good beat, and then you have garbage the rest of the song. <laughs> I'm just I'm just keeping it Facts. real with you. You know what I mean? It's you, you have a, a, you know, you have a beat. The beat is dope. Don't get me wrong. I, like, I'll listen to the beat by itself. And sometimes I feel we had a lyricist with that particular beat, it would probably take that be beat different. 50 times higher than <laughs> it is already. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's an old mixtape trick. You know, a lot of cats in the mixtape circuit to take something that was out and they'd be so much nicer at it, you'll forget about the original artist. So what do you think happened to make that turn, man, from music where it went from actually a meaning behind it to now it's all about getting high? you know, drugged up on, you know, you know on perks and, mm. and mescaline. And then the funny part is, like, Future. Future always talking about getting high. Always talking about doping the system. The man doesn't do drugs. Dude, it's all an entertainment act. It's all an entertainment. <laughs> but that, right, but that's the crazy part, though. Yeah. Like, you talk about it, but you don't live that life. Right. You're, right. So, like, what do I think about that pretty much? Like, it's a business. I, I think the turning point... I, and it's hard to say whether if there was a, a definitive turning point of, of when it left substance and became more about the show, but I feel like in general, like any time it becomes about the dollar, everything else becomes compromised. So art, uh, sports, whatever industry we look at, as soon as the dollar is the main thing that we're chasing, it's like everything else just gets pushed to the side as far as morals and integrity. I feel it. And I tell people all the time, money should be our servant, not our master. And right. I think it, <laughs> there we go. Yeah, but I, I mean, that's how I feel. It should be our servant. It should be working for us, not the other way around. Facts. It's just a tool. You but, know? You know, people live for it and people want it all the time and people will kill for it. You know what I mean? People will sell themselves out for it. You know, you can live a good life, man, without chasing that paper that way. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I, I know some underground artists, these... Look at Tech 9 Ooh, the best example. That's the best example of an underground <laughs> artist that never sold out. He was like, you know what? I don't need the industry. He became a multi-millionaire doing it on his own as an independent artist. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the hardest cats out there, man. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Tech 9 is, yeah, yeah. All, all, of us, all of us artists who may not be hip, do your research because that's, that's, that's a prime example of who to follow. All right, so do you consider yourself right now an underground artist yourself? Facts, yeah, definitely underground. So what 
for you, do you want to stay underground, or at some point would you like to go main, mainstream? I mean, honestly. Uh, mainstream wouldn't be bad. It's just the right situation has to appear, you know, and I guess I would have to determine what that is. Uh, my goal currently is sync, uh, sync licensing, film placement, stuff like that. So if mainstream comes, then it, it would have to be a scenario that would be like, okay, well, we can provide some resource that you don't currently have, maybe a management tool, maybe, you know, anything that, that my camp is lacking. I have production. I have mixing and mastering. So I don't know, you know. Things take time. Things mm-hmm. are always going to take time. Um, you have to build a brand, and Honesty Blade is a brand. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You have your own – I see you have your own logo. You you know, it, it's a brand, and sometimes brands can be a little hard to get off the ground, but you just got to keep grinding. And, and and that's what we're all doing here. Like, I, I'm doing it myself with this podcast. There's a million podcasts out there, man. Um, but like I said before, we talked about it before, six billion people out there. There's somebody that wants to hear you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so – Talking about podcasts, so <clears throat> what made you decide to start doing your own? Because you're also a podcaster as well. Now you just are you're early in the game. You got a few episodes that I've seen up on YouTube. What make you made that shift just to give yourself some more visibility, or are you just facts just like talking about music? Uh, it's just both um, visibility because I felt like I had to have an alternative draw, you know, the music, but then make another arm. But then also it was because of my love for the craft. Um, when I first started doing my podcast on, on my YouTube, I just started talking about general topics. But as the battle rap stuff started to resurface, it's always been happening. But as it started to heat up, I wanted to talk about those things. So that's what made me want to start going live on my YouTube. So speaking of battle rap, are you one of these types that will do battle rap as well? Will you go back and forth, freestyle it with somebody? I'd rather judge it now. I, I used to. But, mm-hmm. like, I, I don't want to be a part of the disrespect of each other. I got you. You know, I'd rather critique and judge it. Yeah, because some of these battle raps do get a bit disrespectful. You know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, they, they get kind of cutthroat, and these dudes take it to heart. And they don't realize it's just a rap battle, man. <laughs> You're taking it too personal. It's business. You know, you got to one-up each other. And I think that's where a lot of beef comes from, you know, where these guys really don't like each other and they want to up each other. It's a machismo thing. You mm-hmm, know what I mean? It, mm-hmm. it gets old fast. Facts. You know that's I mean? all it is. It's more wrestling now. You know, it's like, who harder? Like, I'm tougher. You know, and they get corny because most of the time, and like now, the, the game is developed to, it's evolved to the point where now it's like legit like wrestling. Like, they'll have a face off and they'll have both of the opponents get there and they have to act like they're upset. And it's like, you know, cats are, are more trying to outman each other than actually compete with each other. Yeah. Yeah. And it gets it gets kind of. So what do you think about the versus stuff right now that's been out the last couple of battles? That's beautiful. Um, that that whole concept is beautiful. The the Swiss Timberland set it off. And then after that, everything was was like the Fab Jada kiss. Patty, LeBe- like all of that stuff is, is beautiful for the culture because pandemic season you know everybody's at home and that's exciting because we haven't seen anything that close like we've we've always had the arguments in the barbershops and the beauty salons but for for people to put their catalogs next to each other ooh. so which artist would you like to see up there next because we just had uh. cassidy go up there so which artist is the next artist you want to see up in the verses Oh, on the verses, because uh, Cassidy didn't do a verses. He he did battles. Oh, he did battles. Yeah, they had now the last verses. Well, the closest one would be like a Fab Jada kiss, as far as like the streets. But uh, who would I want to see? 
do verses. Hmm. I know 50 and T.I. was going to do it. I think that's lopsided. I think 50 got more catalog. I might want to see... Mm. Tough one. That's that's tough because I could throw anybody out there, but it's got to be an even fight. You know what I want to see? I want to see the one-hit wonders go against each other. <laughs> so how long is that versus going to be? Like I want to see. I want to see Fat Joe. Fat Joe's like the king of the one-hit wonders. He's got. He's he's, he's built his entire career off one-hit wonders. Like I don't I've never early on. Fat Joe. I ain't saying he dope, but like he got a career. No, no, he got a career off one-hit wonders. Fat Joe, <laughs> listen. Fat Joe will come out with a new uh, new song every couple of years, and it'll be a banger. Yeah, it's like he's a new artist again. It's like a new artist again. <laughs> he'll, he'll change his entire style up. When him and Pun were going, it was hardcore. They were like, right, it was right. all about hardcore. And then when Pun died, he had to lean back. You know what I'm saying? And then he came out with a Shanti with a with a you know What's love, with man? love song. Yeah. And now his new joint that he has right now with DJ Khaled. Um, Cornball. Right. That's what I'm. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Corn. Like. He's built an entire career off one-hit wonders. You know what I mean? That's his whole career. It's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. You know what I mean? But he's he he has he's expanding into other things. He does other things to make money. Yeah. But I would love to see him versus somebody in that spectrum with this one-hit wonders one that come hits. out. But I don't know who else has those hits where they come out. You know. Game. Game. Game is trash, bro. <laughs> I'm sorry. People gonna be mad at you. They, I can't wait they to can see be these mad comments. all they want. So he's trash, and the reason I say he's trash, once he left. Uh, G unit, his career went in the shitter. I don't care what anybody says. Look at Young Buck. Mm. His career went in the shitter when he left G unit. G unit. Yeah. You understand where I'm from? Yeah. 50 put all these guys on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the game, you know, don't get me wrong, game represents where he comes from, and that's all good and that's all great. But his music outside of the West Coast, ain't nobody listening to that here on the East Coast. Nobody listening to that to the Midwest or in the South. His yeah. stuff is all West Coast stuff. Uh, Nobody's West. popping that here. And I've never been one of these guys that like West Coast music. I just, okay. I, it wasn't me. Nobody from the West? Well, besides Pac, obviously. Pac. But then technically, Pac was born in New York City. Yeah. And raised in New York City part of his life. Yeah. So if you listen to his cadence and you listen to his style, he has some of that East Coast in yeah. his music. Yeah. He represents the West Side. Yeah. He represents, you know, LA and all that. But if you really listen to his music, a lot of his style and cadence you can pick up a from lot the from New the York. East Coast, from New York. Yeah. Facts. You know what I mean? So a lot of people don't realize that. Oh, he's West Coast. He was from New York, bro. Yeah, he's born there. Facts. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, Facts. But I've never been aside like Lil Wayne. People love Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne to me is trash. I'm sorry, he's trash. Yeah. Never like Lil Wayne. His music is... Uh, it's Any just, songs? No, no, no. Some of his songs are dope. Don't get me wrong. Like, he can... He's not... For people to say he's the one of the best artists of all times... It's like a slap in the face. Yeah, facts. Facts. I mean, because it, it comes from the school of thought. And, like, I was going to ask you, like, you you like earlier Wayne? I do like earlier Wayne when he was true to himself. You yeah. know what I mean? But a lot of these guys, once they start... Look, look biggest example of that is Snoop Dogg. Okay. Snoop Dogg, early Snoop Dogg was... A, and I don't even like West Coast rap, but early Snoop Dogg was a monster. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? His stuff was on point. He was a dog. But at some point, you can't rap about the same stuff anymore because you're not living that lifestyle. Nah, yeah. You know what I mean? You can't say you on the corner selling <laughs> drugs because you ain't. You're a multi-millionaire now. Yeah. You know what you I mean? Can't, you can't sell that. You ain't living that life. And then he's, some, he's gotten away from trying to still portray that life. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
But when he first started moving away from that life, he still tried to show that he was about that life. He ain't about that yeah, life. Yeah, yeah, you can't, you know, that's like 50 Cent now saying, like, I'll murk you. Like, no, you won't. Like, <laughs> chances are you're not. He's not. He's not about that. He's about making money now. You know? He's a businessman. He's a businessman. Look at, uh, what's his cast name? Um, he he was a CEO. Um, Rick Ross. Rick Ross. This dude, see, Rick Ross is smart, and I'll tell you why Ross is smart. What he did is, he still portrays that lifestyle, but he elevated it. Okay. So he still rocks the chains. He, you know, he still acts like he's the dude, uh-huh. but he's making money with investments now. He ain't dumb. Uh-huh. Waka Flocka the same way. Waka Flocka had an interview, and Waka, he was like, yeah. "Why am I still rapping? I'm a millionaire." I think I seen that. <laughs> I, I forgot what platform. Yeah, he's like, he "I'm a millionaire." Me. He impressed yeah, me. Yeah, he's I, like, I "Why did... I gotta rap?" Mm-hmm. He's like, "I'm a multi-man. I don't gotta live that lifestyle. I'm gonna make my money in investments now, and 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 buying property and doing those different things." You know what I mean? But sometimes these artists get caught up in that lifestyle and they don't realize, hey, there's another way out of here. You can still make good music. You ain't got to act like you a gangster. You ain't, you ain't yeah, no gangster. Yeah, right. And, and, it, and it's cool to say that. It's cool to be real and say I'm not. But a lot of cats, they, they haven't gotten to that growth. You know? Like one of my favorite artists right now is J. Cole. J. Cole? Because he's, he's the closest I've seen right now to like 90s hip hop. Yeah. He has a message behind what he's saying. Yeah. You know what I mean? But a lot of these other artists, all they are is just a beat. Yeah. That's it. I but, love that uh that God's gift. That yeah, one yeah. with the uh crooked smile. Yeah. And that project was cold. once he got I'm gonna be honest, once he got to that Forest Hills Drive, I wasn't real excited. You know, and arguably uh, arguably a lot of people feel like that was their favorite piece of work. But I just lost interest around that time and I'm not sure why. It's like Kendrick, like Kendrick came out came out hard. Mm-hmm. And then he fell off. Like, what the hell happened to him? You think he fell off? He ain't been making music. Since Have you damn. heard anything from him? Nah. The last project was what? Damn. I haven't heard anything from Kendrick. These guys start getting money, man. They get disinterested. You know what I mean? It's very natural, yeah. It's rare. Because it's hard to, like, those are two different worlds. Like, having the hunger and then being in the in the celebrity. It's, right. it's two different worlds. And, like, some people can do it. I guess it depends on how true you are with your art. But even as an artist, you're going to have phases where you're just not real on it. You might just be like, forget it. So you said yourself that sometimes you'll start a project <clears throat> and you'll get bored with it and move it to the side. And do you ever come back to that project to finish it? Yeah, most of the time. Most of the time I do. That's why I keep, like, four or five of them operating because I might get in a different bag on Monday and then I'd be like, oh, I feel like this beat might go to that project. Yeah, yeah. You know? So It makes sense. It makes sense. So, uh, the new LP you're working on, have you recorded any songs for that yet? Or, yeah, or no? yeah. Professional use only. Uh, I got a lot of songs in the stash because I'm always recording, so the process just becomes what fits this, what what theme. So, I'm, I'm probably, to be honest with you, maybe 50 or 60 songs in the stash as far as what ones might be considered for it. So typically, how long is a session for you in the studio? It's relative to what I come there to do. Uh, if it's a mixed session, then it'll go as far as we want it to. Mm-hmm. You know, if we up at like 2, 3 in the morning, if we if the ideas are still flowing, we keep it going. Uh, if it's a session, if I do like one or two tracks, it just it just depends. So you don't treat it like a business then? Like, like Eminem is funny because we were, we were seeing something about M. Akon was talking about he was collaborating with M, and M comes in the studio at 9 o'clock in the morning. He'll have a lunch at 1, and then he's out of the studio by 5 o'clock in the afternoon. But he's gotten to that point where he doesn't need to be in the studio till all hours, all hours of the day. Yeah. 
but I, I think I find that funny because he still has passion for music, but he, now he treats it like a nine to five. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not something that he needs to do and go in the studio for. Um, yeah. But lyrically, though, I, I a lot of people give Eminem flack, um, but the boy can man his his skill his skills are ridiculous, man. Um, they need to give him the credit that he deserves. I don't think he gets enough credit. For real, you don't think he do? Nah, man. People bag on him all the time, man. You got major artists that throw salt on his game. Snoop Dogg was throwing salt on him. What he say? Saying that the hip hop community it would wouldn't miss him if he stopped rapping. I don't know about that. That's, that's those are the words he said. Yeah. I mean, hmm, would they miss him? I mean, I feel like he's proven enough, so I don't know what he would need to be here making more music for. But if it's your passion, you still licensed to do it. So, but I don't feel like people. I don't know. Eminem got his own fan base, so I'm sure they'll, they'll hold him down no matter what the, the world is saying. But I don't know. I mean, at this point, do we need more projects from him? I don't know. He's I mean, he's put out a ton of albums, man. You know, now he's got a... Now when he comes out, he comes out, he has to de- defend himself, you know, like a diss rap because somebody's trying to diss him. Mm-hmm. So he still has to prove that he, he has he's it. Still, yeah. All right, let me ask you this. Uh, did you pay attention to the um, him and... Um, What's Cat from here name? Uh, I don't even process, dude. That's why I can't remember his name. Oh, uh, you talking about Machine Gun Machine Kelly? Machine Gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, how'd, you, how'd you feel about that? I, I tell you what, man. I think Machine Gun held his own, though. Man. He did, didn't he? He didn't. He didn't back down. Machine Gun didn't back down. It was pretty good. Wasn't it, it was pretty good, man. But everybody, you know, everybody gonna give it to M because M's M. But at the end of the day, <clears throat> he came hard at M. He did. I still think M won, though. You do? Yeah. I don't yeah. know. I thought it was pretty close, man. Killshot wasn't that great to me. You don't think so? Nah, man. Killshot wasn't that great to me. That wasn't M's best diss track that I've ever heard. Nah, not his best. Nah. I mean, but that was the point. It was like, was he going to pull all of that out for the little old MGK? Like, yeah, but you know what? People, people, and you from Cleveland. We, mm-hmm. you know, I lived here 20 plus years. People need to give MGK his props. Yeah. He stopped rapping me because he was like, I'm tired of this. Nobody's giving me, you know, nobody's giving me respect in the hip hop community. Nobody's giving me, you know, any love. So he stopped rapping. So oh, he's more he doing stopped. that, like the alternative rock stuff now, and you know, making movies. And he's an actor now. Yeah, I've seen him in the movies. You know what I mean? So I just think sometimes the the hip hop community drives good artists out. You know what I mean? They don't give people an opportunity to get to that next level, which is crazy to me because there's. Like I said, there's six billion people on the planet, man. Mm-hmm. There's an ear for everybody. For everybody, we can share audiences. You, you know what I mean? It's like the underground. Like Jadakiss to this day is underground now. Is he underground? He's still? underground. Jadakiss is underground right now. He's on. Who? Who? Where do you hear a lot of his stuff? Do you hear his stuff radio play? The last, the last commercial song he had um, was that song when he talked about, you know. Why the why? president got to be black? Why? Yeah, you know why did Denzel have to be a bad guy to win the to win the Oscar? I mean, that was the biggest look. He had some looks after that though. I just I think a lot of his stuff now. You hear a lot of his stuff is underground. Cause I look at it like, all right, Jada Kiss already established, so I feel like underground is when you haven't broke yet. You know, Jada's already in the in the industry and established. I just feel like he might be B or maybe even C level as far as celebrity. But what kills me is is that, you know, when these artists try to maintain um, a certain lifestyle that they don't live anymore, um, like J.D. Kids. J.D. Kids go hard to this day, um, but, you know, he ain't living that gangster shit no more. No, nah, I don't think so. I think 
and I don't even know if he might sell drugs, but I wouldn't see why. You know, <laughs> he probably would if he, I don't know. I guess I look at it like if you're a businessman, you got a juice bar, you got other investments, why would you still sell drugs? Like, Well, some of these cats uh, want to, like I said, some of these cats want to keep that image, and, and uh-huh. it's not real. Um, but look, man, we could sit here and talk for five hours when it comes to music stuff. Yeah. But uh, we're going to wrap it up. Um, I appreciate everybody listening in who's going to listen in. Um, go ahead and check out um, Honesty Blade. He is on YouTube with his podcast channel. He is on SoundCloud. Uh, you can find him on all streaming platforms as well for his music. Um, check his LP out. Uh, is there any anything else you want to um, promote for yourself? Uh, get that son of Mark. Stream it. Share it. Tell people about real hip hop. Put it in their faces. Scream in their faces. If they stop being friends with you, just say okay. And support real hip hop, man. All right, folks, I appreciate you. This is Francisco, and we will see you next time on the Frankie Francisco podcast. Have a good night, folks. Peace, peace.